Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District by Horizon Capital, where we partner with B2B SaaS companies and help them scale with both capital and our growth marketing playbook. This episode is also sponsored by our partners at Build, a startup development studio that helps early stage startups build and launch scalable revenue generating software businesses. Product development is often a challenge for non-technical founders who don't have a tech person internally. That's where Build comes in. They help founders build and launch their MVPs, test the market, and find product market fit. For 15K and roughly a month's work, Build will get your validated product up and out. We've all been burnt by the companies that promised us for years, but Build is focused on finding product market fit and will do that by keeping you away from the feature creep and escalating costs that do most initial products. They keep costs low with the block structure, but more importantly, they have already built great products on scope and on time for founders. Companies they've worked with have generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, gotten into Y Combinator, or raised money at eight-figure valuations. If you have an idea and want to see it come to life as a product, head over to build.com. That's B-Y-L-D-D.com today. In today's episode, our guests will be talking about how to achieve 5 to 20% monthly growth using SEO as a framework for your B2B SaaS companies and how they're doing it for several others. Today, we have our guest, Maiva Cifuentes, joining us. Maiva is the CEO of Flying Cat Marketing, an SEO agency for companies in MarTech, SalesTech, and PropTech. They help fast-growing B2B SaaS companies turn their website into one of the greatest inbound revenue channels through both SEO and content. They can help your SaaS by creating high-quality content, convert visitors, and like we mentioned, achieve 5 to 20% monthly growth, which we'll talk about more today. Uh, Maiva has been a translator since 2009. She speaks five languages and her, her spare time. She does improv theater and works on getting fluent in Italian. So I don't know, Maiva, what should we talk to? Uh, on peut parler en français? Si, si tu veux, on peut parler en français? Ou si quieres, ouais, on peut parler en français? Tu parles en français, je ne sais pas. Oui, on peut parler en français. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we well, choose. I, I, I wasn't ready for this, but let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, I threw you off, eh? But uh, let's let's save the French and we'll do three three rounds. First round English, then French, and then we'll do third one Spanish, and then I can't do Italian or Catalan, unfortunately. So, uh, so I, I want to start off. I know there's there's a lot to talk about today about SaaS and SEO, but I mean, I think more importantly is is timing, right? Like if I'm a SaaS company, if I'm just starting off. Um, should I be investing in SEO? Like, should I be even thinking about it? Or, you know, what is the right time? What is the ideal time, uh, whether it's the size or the type of market? Should, it, should, should a company start saying, okay, I should start investing in SEO and, and content marketing? And when shouldn't I? Right. Good question. So there's a lot of factors to play here. Uh, and it's not always the size of the company. It's going to be several things. So right now we are in a market slash economy where people are thinking about way and they're getting a lot of pressure from investors about just the next quarter more than anything. So if you're just trying to think about next quarter results, SEO is not going to be the time to start investing in SEO because SEO is an investment in the future. So if you have a large runway and you can withstand an invest that's going to last a while before you get an ROI, not saying you can't get results faster. You can get results in the first few months, but it's not going to turn a profit on the investment until later down the line. So you need to know that you want sustainable growth, sustainable future growth, and that you are ready to invest in the future for that. Another thing is you have market fit. It's not really a good idea to start investing in SEO until you have product market fit because it just have 
fast feed loop. So you're not going to be able to understand how people are acting. You're not going to be able to understand. It's it's just not a good all to test how people like your product. Uh, so if that's something that you're trying to understand better, then I would go with something with a faster feedback loop. If And also for huge enterprise companies uh, that are extremely niche, that have extremely long sales site, it's probably not the right kind of channel either. So what kind of companies is SEO the right channel for? So companies that have excellent product market fit that are ready to invest in the future. Um, if already are getting kind of traction, it's also a pretty good thing to invest in your website. If you have some historical data to say that your website is converting, uh, then it would make sense to drive some organic traffic to it. You have to always pay for the traffic. If you know it already works, then why wouldn't you to bring that traffic over and make it work even better? self companies work really well um, because it's just a really, really good channel to bring in that it really becomes a source of predictable revenue um, if you are a self-serve company, but also organizations pretty well. I would say when it comes to investing in SEO, there's a couple different ways to look at this. So are you investing time, team's time, for example? One thing that could be invested in, or you could be investing in working with an external agency. So if you're very, very early stage, do have that product market fit, you're maybe product-led and have a lot of traction from what you've been doing already, um, then you could start doing it with a team and start getting... If you don't have any kind of historical data to work with, it's going to be really hard for an agency to forecast and try to see whether they're actually going to be able to give you that return on investment. Um, and you also need on your team who can spend time with that agency and manage them. I, we find it really difficult when we're working just directly with a CEO because you do need to build that relationship with the agency. So ideally to work with a good agency, you want to have somebody who's dedicated to content or marketing or somebody who can spend that time with the agency to make sure the relationship is going to be successful. But you can start invest early in terms of getting somebody on your team to start paying attention to SEO, your team to, uh, thinking about it in advance and start creating those pages, creating those content with SEO in mind so that later on when you do have that historical data um, and you do have somebody on the team to help, it would make sense to invest in an agency. Got it. Does that answer so your question? No, it does. And maybe just to, to help quantify it a little bit more. So you mentioned one thing, which is um, runway. So what would you say is the ideal time? Like, um, you know, let's say 12 months, is that typical six, 12 months is like, okay, if I'm going to invest in this and that's when I'm going to start seeing results. And second question was around product market fit. So I think a lot of people might have different, um, you know, how they, how they quantify that. You know, we've seen typically like at least 1 million ARR, some people say 5 million. Um, and that's kind of a sweet spot. What, where do you, tip, what do you guys typically work with when, uh, you know, SaaS founders come to you? What are yeah. the you like to work with? Our sweet spots, the minimum is going to be 5 million ARR to work with mm -hmm. us. And then, you, you know, we have some clients that are in the 100 million ARR or, or more. But for us, a sweet spot is like 5 to 50 million. 5 to 50 million. And then the runway, so you're saying, well, probably at least look look at this as a, as a 12-month investment minimum. Is that what you want to look at? I would say 12 months. I mean, we can already start driving results within months, but it's not be <laughs> full. You're not going to get full pay 
say the payback period that you want to plan for is going to be around 12 months. Got it. Uh, and then, and then t- talking a little bit more about the results and the time frame, you know, so we understand, like you said, it takes at least six months, maybe 12, maybe longer to start seeing it. Um, what, what, what can we expect? So we start investing in creating content. Um, we're starting to, you know, build links to the site, internal pages, do technical SEO, internal linking, all the above. Uh, what, what can we start seeing after six to 12 months more? other than, you know, I'm assuming more traffic. What's the next step? Right. So actually I would rewind a little bit and okay. in a different as you actually named like a tactics that we could do. Right. And that's not exactly how I would want to come at it. So come at it by looking at the end in mind. So we would work together with the with the client to say what is actually the end goal. Majority of the time, especially in a climate like this, end goal is going to be revenue and profit. Sometimes it's brand awareness. Sometimes it's it's things, but most of the time it's going to be revenue. And I think that's a pretty smart goal to have. So what we need to look at then is where your website stands currently, how it's positioned in the market, how it benchmarks against your other competitors. So how much traffic are you getting right now? Uh, how many? How much content are you publishing? How many links do you have? Those kind of things. And then we look at the company market. How much traffic do they get? How much revenue are they getting? Uh, how many links are they get get from what kind of domains? What kind of content they're publishing? How, etc. So we start and this of what's it going to from there to that point. Um, and it also helps us understand what is the total address get out there because you don't want to give random goals makes it really hard to bring kind of tax deliver rather than a goals focused strategic uh, objective. So you look at the total addressable market, you set a goal based on how aggressively you would need to execute in order to reach that goal. And you kind of set good, better, best situations. Uh, And then from there, you can set a 12 month goal. Then you work your way backwards from there. And so we would run an assessment that looks at five different pillars, which would be technical SEO, competitive benchmarking, UX, conversion rate optimization, and content. Uh, and we see what area most work on. And that working our way backwards quarterly from the end goal is, is what drives the actual things that we're going to So to answer your question, which was what can... Of months really depend on the situation that is in right now, how competitive your space is. Um, any, yeah, are you from the editors? Really hard to say from some clients that are in very, very niche spaces. Um, so we can grow kind of fast because there's fewer competition and a, uh, a lot of the competition haven't yet really invested. So, but a lot of the people who are there are smaller businesses that are very hungry to learn. So there's a lot of opportunity to get them through the customer journey. But then there's other, you know, if you're a new email marketing tool trying to enter and you haven't done any SEO at all, mm-hmm. to come pages like MailChimp, Omnisa, guys, um, you know, it's going to take a while to get there. Right. And if I'm talking about the so the competitor analysis, so I'm looking at the benchmarks. Okay, this is what my competition is. So you said email marketing is an example. Um, this is the, the type of you know links they have, this is the type of pages, this is how much content they're publishing. So let's talk, you know, specifically from content marketing perspective. Um, what does that process look like? They're publishing, you know, I don't know, th- 20 articles a month. Um, this is the length of what they're posting, this is how much they're optimized. Are you then just saying, okay, let's try to 
replicate it or how do you, um, you know, want to compete with them? How does that competition look like? So I wouldn't try to replicate it per se for a couple of reasons, because, um, you might not have the resources, first of all, to replicate it at that scale. So we really want to think about resource planning and making sure that you are making the right decisions. Uh, you do want to get as close as possible to their publishing cadence uh, while also maintaining quality. And import also, the important thing is to choose the right forward. And what I mean by that is you don't have to go for the same keywords that they're going for immediately. What you want to do is start going for easier wins, longer tail keywords that are more specific, that are going to help drive your revenue goal faster. Um, so a lot of these are going to be a lot in volume. And this is, of course, from a perspective of trying to hit revenue goals. So revenue goal, profit goals aren't always going to be the Most of the time, it's going to be revenue goals. Um, and also, this actually helps traffic this way. So if you're thinking, I'm going to go after low volume keywords, which is, or low search volume keywords. Uh, a lot of people don't like this idea. A lot of people aren't going to go for this because they're like, well, it's low search volume. I'm investing some Ahrefs said that it's, it's has 20 searches a month. <laughs> so a couple of things that I want to say here is, first of all, Ahrefs greatly, most keyword research tools greatly underestimate the search volume. Second of all, search volume isn't doesn't actually tell you anything about how much traffic you're actually going to get. Search volume just means how many people search for this one keyword every month. But most times, if you're optimizing things right, the content that you're publishing is going to rank for way more keywords than just that one keyword. You have nice pieces for clients that says it's going to be 10 or search per month and it's getting like 2000 clicks a month. So what does that say for these actual keyword research tools? But advantageously, a lot of people aren't going to go for these keywords to be a lot lower in difficulty. So you can rank for them faster. You start to get more clicks. Google starts to get data about your website being an authority on this topic. And it's a much faster way to reach that goal. So I would analyze the competitors. Yes. How much are they publishing per month? But also strategically look at things that they're going for or what are the things that they haven't thought of yet because they haven't gone for it because their domain is so big that they can just go for these other harder keywords. And even in that case, they're fighting their characters for these keywords. They're going to spend so many years playing this game of trying to move down in rankings, mostly up, but you know, everybody's going to be fighting for them. So going after easier keywords, A, you're going to get there way faster. You're going to get more clicks. They're way higher intent. So it's really way easier to understand. Is the person reading this ICP? What exactly are they looking for? What part of their journey are they in? How can I tie this back to my product? Uh, able to make a way bigger impact with the, the content velocity that you're publishing. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. And if I'm, if I'm, uh, so you mentioned one kind of KPI they're tracking, which most likely is going to be revenue. I guess prior to that, we're looking at leads or, or form submitted or uh, demos or signups, for example. What are some other KPIs you're tracking? I'm assuming, you know, traffic, conversion rate, um, you know, the, 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 the ranking of, you know, where your, those search volumes that you're targeting, how they're ranking. What, what do you guys track on a monthly basis when you're starting to publish that content? And then, you know, the other thing is it, it takes time, right? Like you said, you're going to publish something today. You probably won't see anything for six or 12 months. Maybe you're going to optimize a little bit. Is there any way you can kind of accelerate those results without just you know, sitting and waiting? 
So I didn't mean to say that you're not going to see anything rank for six to 12 months. Uh, you can start seeing things rank, especially if you're choosing strategic keywords, you can start to see things rank in a month or two months. Um, it just that one keyword, one page is going to get you a full payback. So you can start seeing things rank in a couple of months and you can start seeing demo requests and trials come in in a couple of months that you don't have to wait six months for that. Um, that would be weird if you had to wait six months <laughs> for that. So you, you can start. So the metrics that we track are, yes, revenue. And like you said, the revenue might come later, especially if the sales cycle is longer. So initially, we would want to start tracking demo requests or free trial signups or those kind of things. Uh, we also want to look at conversion rate uh, just to make sure that just that we're staying above a certain benchmark. We want to look at click-through rate on the actual search engine results page to the SERP, just to make sure that we're staying above a certain benchmark to make sure that we're constantly tweaking this to keep the, the CTR at a certain level. Um, and then organic traffic is a great metric to track, of course, as long as it's qualified traffic. So when you're looking at it on a graph, you want to make sure that as traffic continues to increase, these demo requests are also increasing. So just to make right. sure that they come along with conversions. Uh, and then rankings are important to track too, because if you see if you see that a page is performing really well, you want to make sure that it stays on rankings. You want to make sure that it keeps getting this traffic and that click-through rate stays high. I would say that organic traffic and rankings are leading indicators, things that you do definitely need to pay attention to, but they shouldn't be the driving KPI. And this is the fault that a lot of marketing people make when they take on, when they start doing SEO or they start working with the SEO agency, they say our KPIs are organic traffic and rankings. And what happens when you start to measure those things is the SEO is going to do what it takes to rank for certain keywords that they gave them and to get the traffic to the page. But then you start to rank for vague keywords that don't really have intent a lot of the time because those will have higher search volume and higher search volume really ends up being a lot broader and you don't really understand the intent of the person. So it doesn't convert as well. And what I've also seen is that when you only have traffic and rankings as a, as a KPI, then you care a lot less about the quality of the content on the page. Some people even forget to put CTAs on the page. So really, mm -hmm. there's no next step for the readers to take. And you completely forget about the next step and holding yourself accountable for the purpose of SEO, which is actually a growth channel. It's not just a traffic channel. It's a revenue growth channel. So when you're only setting those kind of KPIs, there's a lot of stuff that you don't pay attention to doing. When you really look at conversion rate and uh, revenue as a KPI, you really have to think about the content. You really have to think about the reader. You have to think about strategically putting some CTA and continuously optimizing them and monitoring them. And it really changes the way that you do key re keyword research and the way that you map out your strategy in the first place. So, so one interesting uh, thing you mentioned, which was, and I've seen this from other agencies and what they do is, so they'll drive a bunch of traffic. So you'll see traffic going up. And they'll start ranking for some keywords, that, but they're not, they're, they're not really, you know, say high intent keywords, but there's, their thought is uh, because you're ranking for some kind of clusters, it helps support you rank because you're ranking for this. It'll help support your, your uh, you know, the ones you actually want to rank for that actually drive conversion. So the traffic goes up, but then, you know, you don't see the same level in terms of conversion rate. Um, well, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's the, the right way or do you should only be focusing on conversion value, high intent keywords? So... It's an interesting point that you make. The SEO is holistic. You need to touch on all parts of the funnel. 
So you do at some point need to bring in, especially in SaaS, especially in B2B SaaS, you do need to educate the buyers. You do need to show that you're an authority. And then, uh, um, and also, like you said, in order to build out these topic clusters, you do need to have supporting content and not all of it is going to be bottom of the funnel. If you're only focusing on bottom of the funnel content 100% of the time, it's hard to build these supporting topic clusters and it's hard to drive the traffic to there to that point. The problem is that when you only think about that traffic and you're not thinking about how it's all tied in together, and even if you are getting those higher traffic pages in... Um, Conversions still need to go up. If they're not going up, uh, obviously those are going to convert less. So you have like an overall average conversion rate, which you need to mm. pay attention to. And, and some pages are going to convert a lot higher than others because the intent is higher. But mm. overall, the number of conversions needs to go up with the traffic. So it really depends on how you look at it. And agencies are going to tell you, yeah, we drive traffic, we would drive traffic. But at the end of the day, if you're cutting costs and trying to make sure that you're making the most efficient path forward, think of really hard about every single piece that you're creating and how it's tied in overall topic cluster, how it's promoting the story, how it's driving the narrative. And it's it's a lot like demand gen and other channels. Everything is intentional. So there's a place, there's a place for higher traffic pages, of course, especially later on in the strategy. Uh, and I think that they're absolutely necessary, but we just have to do it very intentionally and understand how it ties into the end goal. Yeah, no, that, that makes that makes perfect sense. And then, um, so it's it's kind of a like you said, it's a holistic approach. And but I mean, ideally, you want to ta- tar- be able to target all areas of SEO. And I think you mentioned the five pillars. But if I'm let's say I'm limited on my my budget, right, and I'm looking to allocate maybe uh, some of this budget between, I don't know, maybe I'm just starting off. I want to create content. Or I have some content and maybe I go back and let me say I could focus on optimizing some of that old content to, you know, increase rankings. Or maybe I should just focus on link building. Um, how, how would you look at that? Like, how would you split your, if you have a percentage or I know, I know it's a hard question, but if you could focus on one or two, where would you go and how would you do that? Right. So I wouldn't tell you right now, I would always just focus on these things. What I would want to look at is where is the current website at. So if you don't have any content at all, if you're starting from scratch, then the only thing you need to do is start publishing content and probably these foundational pages. So in this case, I would start with bottom of the funnel content. So feature pages, um, you know, product pages, competitive uh, comparison pages, competitor comparison pages, those kind of things. Um, I would start publishing content and I wouldn't need to start link building just quite yet. If you're already, if you're just starting after you maybe have been publishing content for a while before and you got some kind of organic traffic and, but you never really thought about an SEO strategy, but somehow it came in and it was all kind of by chance. Um, then the first thing I would do for quick wins is analyze what I could re-optimize there. That would really boost it a lot, especially if you're already getting some organic traffic. That would make a, a pretty fast impact. And then you can start looking at creating some new content. When I would bring link, link building into the mix is if you have some pages that are ranking on page two or the bottom of page one, uh, and it's in a very competitive, you've done everything, you've uh, done an intro strategy. Uh, you make sure that it, there's no orphan pages. You've fully optimized it. You match the 
content. You've written really, really good, unique and valuable content. And you add all of these UX elements. Uh, but for some reason, it's still not moving up and you can't figure out why. Then that's when you start bringing links into the mix. Uh, but you can do a lot with the content that you already have and with uh, new content before you need to bring in. A quick note from our sponsors today, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by DoFollow.io, a premium link building agency specializing in driving SEO growth for SaaS companies. Do you have great content and want to boost your organic traffic to your website? Get links on high quality websites such as MSN, HubSpot, Zendesk, Cloudways, and hundreds of others. DoFollow.io can get you guaranteed results for less than the cost of hiring an in-house SEO completely hands-off, no retainer, 100% performance-based, and cancel anytime. If you're interested, book a call now at DoFollow.io and start outranking your competitors today. Okay, so so you actually so if you're uh, if you have a page that's kind of stuck on the second page or, or first at the bottom of the first page, you would actually suggest trying to you know look at how we can focus on on page first, like you know optimizing the content, the UX, yeah, and then last step is is kind of hitting it with some links and then trying to see if that helps, right? Right. Yeah. First, first thing to do is. Check the search intent. Does it match the search intent that's on the SERP right now? Um, that's the first thing I would do and see if we need to maybe rewrite it to better match it because that happens a lot. Some people will write a post and then think of the keyword and then they'll try to shove it in there and they're like, why isn't this ranking? Well, it's because you didn't think about it first and you didn't analyze the search intent first. So look at that, see if you need to rewrite it. Then I would go to some of the other pages, even the homepage, and the other pages have a lot of links to it or that are performing well and add some internal links from those painted, pointing to, to that page. Um, do Just make sure that the U.S. clean, of course. And if all of those things don't work, of course, resubmit it manu- manually to Google, wait a little bit of time. And if all of those things don't work, um, then you can start putting some links to it. Got it. Um, and then try, just understanding a little bit more about, you know, building links. Um, I think, you know, this changes, you know, people look at, uh, d- was it domain authority as kind of the big, uh, you know, and then also this traffic and seeing, okay, this is, this is a good link because it has high DA and this is what they're willing to pay f- higher for it. But from your perspective, what constitutes of a, a good backlink? And do you think it's okay to pay for backlinks to get faster results? And I've heard this before, right? Agencies, they'll reach out to, you know, hundreds of people and they'll say, okay, we'll pay you money. Um, and then, you know, it seems like that's a quicker way to get people to accept to link back to your page. So there's two questions here. The first one is what constitutes a good link? Uh, I would say domain authority is less relevant to me than the, the relevance of the page. So the relevance the domain to the topic that you want to be ranking for. So I want to rank your email marketing. I want the domain to be one publishes frequently about email marketing. I also want that domain to not be a link. Uh, what is it called? Like a PBN or a website that's only built for building links. And that's mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. the business model of the website. Mm-hmm. But actually one that publishes great content and one that people go to read and consume the content there. Um, that's a good link. And also that has traffic to it. So all of those things would be more important to me than domain authority. Although a higher domain authority is obviously also better. Um, but just the relevance is is more important than that. So if you had to choose between like Forbes or something that's so generalist versus a, a hyper-specialized site with a following, I would choose that one to get the link from. 
Mm. When it comes to paying for links, uh, I wouldn't have that as the main strategy. You can pay for links, but I have to put that it's sponsored. I would do that as a sponsored post. Just follow Google's webmaster guidelines. Google says it's okay to pay for links as long as you tell us that you paid for the link and that you put sponsored in the actual link attribute. And then you can do that and it starts to become a mix of your link profile. So in your backlink profile, you have a little bit of no follow, a little bit of do follow, and a little bit of sponsored links. Those kind of things actually look good to have uh, a balanced backlink profile because if you only have a bunch of do follow links, it doesn't look natural. And mm -hmm. the thing that Google likes to see is a natural building of links. So uh, like having no follow links in there also makes it look like your do follow links are more deserved. And then your sponsored links. Um, I don't know if that helps so much with SEO growth. It might because people, I mean, it's a little, it's another link in your backlink profile. Uh, but I would use that more as an occasion for PR, digital PR, more than anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I guess last question for you, Maiva, before we get into the, the fun part, which is you know the, the personal kind of more rapid fire questions. Um, so if, I, if I'm a, a new SaaS founder and uh, I'm starting to think about SEO, but I can't afford to hire an agency like like uh, like Flying Cat Marketing yet, um, can you share maybe some free or low cost tips or tools? that they can start using or implement themselves to start getting started, at least get the ball rolling and, and starting to rank for some keywords? Yes. Uh, so first, I recommend that they start learning about SEO. Um, there's a lot of resources online. I talk about SEO all the time on LinkedIn mm -hmm. for me. Um, and so the, it's really important that they're educated on the, the, the right moves to make. Um, I think that the first hire that they should probably get somebody in-house if they're really just starting out. And the first hire that they can make is going to be like a content editor. And this person is probably going to, at the beginning, do the strategy, write some posts uh, and edit the posts. And ideally, this can grow into maybe they're going to get uh, a writer. I wouldn't get a writer first. I, it has to be a strategist or editor or some kind of content manager first as the first hire because a writer isn't going to know what to do. They right. need to, to have those kind of briefs. Um, so I would have them start with that. I would really have them think about the goals that they want from SEO and not just randomly sit around a table every month and say, what should we post today? Oh, well, our... On our customer success calls, people were asking these questions. I mean, you can put those down and that helps a lot to come up with topics, but really think about the end goal. Think about what it is you're trying to build and work your way backwards from that. Try to not be afraid of um, publishing a lot of pages that might look the same. Just remember that SEO mm -hmm. comes from SEO. People who arrive to your website through search are not reading your page from beginning to end, like a publication. And they, it's seen as a library that has a page for every potential search that people are making that's related to your product or your customer's journey. So one tip that I like to give people, it, this doesn't apply to all industries, but it does apply to a lot. And for SaaS, it works great, is go on to, to Google and think of your seed keyword. So I'm going to keep using email marketing as an example, uh, or you could also do Facebook ads as an example, and just put four as a modifier, like F-O-R. So like email marketing four, and then you'll in the Google suggest a bunch of suggestions. And it'll say something like marketing for startups, email marketing for healthcare, 
marketing uh, for law firms, those kind of things. And already there, you're going to see so many ideas for individual pages with super high intent um, that's really targeting a certain kind of person that are way more likely to convert. And you can start seeing how um, all of these pages that you're going to create are for a specific part of the journey and not so much a long publication that you're trying to build. So it's really about the mindset and just being strategic uh, and making sure that you have the right goals in mind. And that's going to make sure that you're going to go a long way from the beginning. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to try that. Put that that four in the keyword and see what comes up. Yeah, I just put it in for a keyword. Yeah. Direct mail marketing. I got real estate, small businesses, lawyers, insurance agents. Okay. There's a lot. Is, yeah, there's tons. That's awesome. Cool. This, this has been really, really good. I appreciate you, you sharing all this. Lots of good advice for, for SaaS founders. Um, so kind of moving to the the next kind of phase of our, of our, of our podcast. Um, I guess just quite a quick, quick question around your, your logo. We noticed that your logo is inspired. You got the real life cat. Um, what, what is, what's the story behind that? Is that a real life flying cat that you have that we, we, we get to see today? It is a flying cat. I'm surprised he's not around here somewhere because he's usually, he was like in my sales call, like all up in the camera <laughs> yesterday. It was, um, he's usually trying to be involved in this, but so <laughs> buddy, my cat, who several years ago, I first got him street cat. And I lived in a three building here in Barcelona and used to let him go out free because he was a street cat and I didn't want to imprison him. But he ended up chasing a pigeon off my building or I don't know what he did, but he jumped off six story building, uh, landed, broke a bones. He broke both of his front paws, his upper like mouth plate and his hips. And uh, being and he healed in like three weeks because he was quite young. But the vet said he had something called being cat syndrome, which I guess is this mental disease. <laughs> so they just see something high and they want to jump off of it. And after he healed, I just thought it's really hilarious. So it, that's the story. <laughs> okay. And that inspired you. Like as soon as that happened, I'm going to start an SEO agency. And, and that's, that, that was the, the, the how Pretty, I was like, I didn't really know what to do. And then I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Um, Maiva, what's one activity um, you enjoy outside of work um, that you say gets you out of, uh, gets you into flow state? I know you mentioned improv or something. Is there anything else you do? Yeah, I, so I love doing improv. I'm about to go right after we finish recording this. Um, and then I also like to DJ, actually. And that really gets me into a flow state. I have to be really focused and I'm also really enjoying the music. Um, so that's, that's probably what I do. Going that's to cool. the gym also me. Sure, gym state. always helps. What, what kind of, what kind of music are you doing typically? Do you have any sets? I, I play like UK bass music. So it's hip hop, dub, dubstep, drum and bass, yeah. those kind of things. That's super cool. Love to hear your, your, <laughs> uh, your, your, your set. We'll have to add it to the show notes as well. People to check out. Oh yeah. Add one. <laughs> yeah. Send it over. <laughs> Um, Maiva, uh, you seem pretty young, but what's, uh, I'll use 25 years old. What's one piece of advice you wish you had known? And if you could go back, you would tell your 25 year old self. Um, what I would have told my 25 year old self is to start budgeting. Um, and that finances are, uh, an important energy for your well being. Um, now I feel that it's, now I really live and breathe by that. But when I was 25, I was a little more frivolous and uh, not caring about it so much. And I okay. wish I had started earlier. Okay, good advice. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys are currently facing in order to continue to grow your, your, your agency 
Uh, meaning what's what's keeping you up at night these days? Oh, we went from one person to 30 people in two and a half years. This year we doubled the team. Um, so we I think we were like 12 at the start. So tripled the team almost. So my the biggest thing that's keeping me up on night at night is communication silos, operations, and scalability, and just making sure that processes are smooth and uh, seamless, and that the experience is great for all clients, and um, that everybody board is understanding the same thing the same way. This is this is our biggest challenge right now. Yeah, yeah. Scaling agencies is also is also a challenge here. Um, yeah. I have a- who or what are uh, three best resources? It can be, you know, books, it can be people, it can be mentors, or even people you follow in the space who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years in, in growing your agency. So I would say, so first I'm going to say a book. Well, I have two books, but I also have two, two books which are kind of on the same theme which really I have to keep reading and have to keep revisiting. That really changes the way because I've always been like a multitask. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm distracted. I'm trying to do all these things. So the two books are Deep Work and The One. So just helping you set goals. So it really helps in the strategies that we create for our clients is set our goal. That's the one thing. And then every time a client's like, oh, we tried this. What if we tried that? It's like, that's going away from our goal. Does that fit into our goal? No, it doesn't. Okay, so no. So just... Keeping focus is the only way to actually achieve a goal. This has been really instrumental. The the one thing is that book, and then deep work is a way for. uh, I don't know if, but it's basically you can't do a million things at once, and you need that kind of focus time helps drive the the one thing. So that's been really instrumental for me. And I would say two people on LinkedIn that uh, have also been very inspiring for me are some two content influencers. Neil Trent, who is content marketing at at uh, and then Erin Balsa, who was at the Predictive, but now she's um, launched her own content consultant. Okay, I just yeah, love the great. way. That, yeah, do you know them? I don't know them. I've read both those books, Deep Work by by Cal Newport. He's got a couple of oh. good books, I think. Uh, and then uh, yeah, the yes. one thing by Gary, Gary Keller. Yeah, I've read that a long, long time ago. But no, I don't know those content marketing yes. folks. Um, what, what was their names again? We'll make sure to include them would, in the show notes. Camille, Camille Trent and Aaron Balsa. Camille Trent. Okay. Okay. Awesome. We'll add that to the show notes. Thank you. Um, Maiva, so you, it seems like you've had, you know, obviously great success growing your agency in these last couple of years, uh, you know, double this year in terms of team size. What does uh, success mean to you today? Either, you know, personally, business, financial, life, I guess there's no right answer. How do you define it? And um, I would say success is that you understand, like that you feel like, for me, that I feel like I'm having an impact on other people while simultaneously being free. Freedom is one of my biggest values. So um, just that I achieve freedom to just choose things that I want and I'm not restricted by things. Um, so, and that's success that, that I'm an important impact on the people around me. Nice. Love it. You know, it's funny. That, that's probably the number one answer. People say that in, in so many different ways, but the, the number one answer, if you talk about how people, uh, you know, mention what success is, it's freedom. But they'll say, it, you know, different ways. But I think we can write, like do a whole podcast just on 
I'm yeah. you know, going deep onto that. So that's cool. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> awesome. This has been this has been fun, Maiva. Appreciate appreciate you know learning more about you, your background. Um, where can you know founders or anybody listening in get in touch with you, learn more about you and and your agency, Flying Cat Marketing? Definitely, the best to get in touch with me is LinkedIn. So you can just find me, Maiva Cifuentes, on LinkedIn. Uh, and also flyingcatmarketing.com. They can learn all about the agency there. They can sign up for the newsletter. I don't know when this is getting published, but in the fall and September, I'm going to be launching a something a SEO roundtable, which is going to be a free monthly live SEO coaching event. So if they want to learn more about SEO, get in touch. Sign up for that. Uh, and those are the places. Okay, awesome. We'll add that. Uh, add your links to the show notes. Check her out. Check out Maiva on LinkedIn, and uh, hope to. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much, Maiva. Thanks, Akil. Cheers. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, Get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.